buckets. It's been a while, pasty. It's been an obscene amount of time. Well, if there's one thing we do here at Beef Sticks, it's be obscene. You know yeah. that. <laughs> be obscene. Be, be obscene. Sure. Like it's 2019. We've been gone for just about a month and a half on a break that we needed. We deserved it. We earned it. 88 it- episodes of season one. <laughs> yeah, I think we Try that, it. Rick and Morty. <laughs> right? Fuck. <laughs> Put that in your squanch and smoke it, Rich and Mort, Rick and Morty. Rich and Morty. Rich and Morty. That's that's my new favorite one. I, I don't want to get sued, okay? It's like the shinning, you know. Speaking of which, you watch uh, Far Out at all? No. It 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 hasn't seemed to appeal to me. It's you got like it? it's got Royland in it. I like yeah. that. I, I I'm pretty sure the guy who plays the main character's dad is the guy who voices Bender. John DiMaggio. I think so. I didn't see it in the credits, but it sounds right. I might have to check it out. It's it's pretty okay, and I'm very surprised it's on Fox. That it would be like having Big Mouth on Fox, and I'm there's like, holy a, shit. There's a writer that's also from Rick and Morty on it yeah. as well. I just uh, you and I were talking before I got before we started recording. I just haven't gotten into anything since we've been on break i have been in complete shutdown mode i have just shut myself down no season five of gotham no no not a single episode of gotham oh my god i have been in complete shutdown mode surprisingly probably the only new thing that i've watched which is is stupid because it's something i i never would have watched is uh the masked singer which is a singing reality competition it's it's pretty good it's pretty good uh, on the you know me on the outside looking in, it's like a singing reality competition sounds stupid, but when you put in the fact that it's these B-list celebrities and you guess who they are, it's kind of fun. I've guessed two of them so far. Two out of four, I guess that would be, isn't it? Or two out of three. Two out of three. Three, yeah. Two out of three ain't bad. Um, the, the two were both pretty obvious, I thought, and then the one I'd never even heard of. Are you watching this, Pasty? I I am. Oh, Kirsten's watching it. I'm uh, absorbing it from the background. You're in the background hanging yeah. out. Blue Monster has got to be Keenan Thompson. Has to be. When he talks, I don't think it, but when he sings... I mean, I watch enough Saturday Night Live. I know what his singing voice sounds like. Blue Monster, when he talks, to me, sounds just like Kevin Hart. It's like, God. I was like, do they have somebody as big as Kevin Hart on? Like, Keenan Thompson makes sense. Kevin Hart would be, like, a big get for them, so. Yeah. That's why it's like, to me, it sounds just like Kevin Hart. I mean, Hart. they got Terry Bradshaw. That's a pretty big get. ha, <laughs> ha. There you go, Pacey. That was the joke of the week. <laughs> Speaking um, of of the week, I, I realized in putting this episode together, we have not done Jerry of the Week in a long time. And no, that should haven't. probably make a comeback in season two. We quit it. At, yeah, we quit it halfway through season one. It can come back in season two. Do you, do you got a pick? I don't really have a pick. You as motherfucker. Of yet. You I can't know. just do that. You can't I'm just drop up that bomb. <laughs> ah. It would help if Rick and Morty would return and right. it would have more yeah. relevance. Yep. 
But, you know, earliest would be fall of 2019. And that's wishful thinking. That's wishful thinking. That's wishful thinking. But we still have all of their little things that they drop in between here and there that keep us entertained. Their little... Um, their um, Adult Swim bumper with the psychedelic um, Rick eating all the Mortys is kind of fun. Really yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, folks, go and just check out. Just go hit your YouTube machine and put in Rick and Morty Adult Swim bumper. It's probably the top one there. Yeah, here I was um, thinking we were going to have a super productive hiatus. We were going to come back with all this new flashy stuff. And I mean, well, you got a new flashy computer. I got a new flashy computer and I got video capabilities that hopefully I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to start working on, practicing on, and hopefully before the end of the year, we're going to be getting beef sticks, buttered pop culture, and fantastic fables, having a little bit of uh, video stuff out on YouTube and uh, possibly other websites that'll be yet to be determined, folks. But All yeah, right. that's, the, that's the goal for this year is to start getting some video work done. I'm excited to start playing with it. Um, my, my human brain tells me you don't have time for what the fuck you do now. But my artistic brain says, yeah, but there's so much stuff I want to do and want to learn. Right. Oh, yeah. As soon as you put something <laughs> on your plate, there's time for it somehow. So <sighs> that's that's the goal is to come out with stuff. Now, keep in mind, folks, uh, video takes, what, 10 times longer than audio. So you're going to be getting to start out with. If you get any this year, you're going to get snippets here and there. Oh, yeah. You're going to get short little things here and there. But it But it should be fun. It should be fun. That's what I want it to be. I want it to be fun. I want to get us some more uh, content for Patreon. I want to get us some more content for the YouTube channel. And, uh, and again, possibly move on to other websites and other venues. Speaking of new content, Pasty White received a new cellular device over the Christmas break. And I have established our presence on Instagram. So go check out Beefsticks Podcast on Instagram. I posted our first picture tonight, which is me in a beard waiting for Fat Mac. It's pretty fantastic stuff. <laughs> that is fantastic. Ah. Uh, also, what do we got? I'm I'm working working hard on getting Get Local Minnesota back on track. That's gonna be kicking off here pretty soon. Got some good stuff lined up for you there. Don't got a lot to tell you. Just got that to drop. Yes, yes, yes. And as always, uh, Cloud Style Broadcasting is going to be represented at the Galactic, Galactic Get, Down, Get again Down this year. Yes. So that is a given. We are we are booked in there. We are set. It's going to happen. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited to be going back. Same location as last time in beautiful Houston, Minnesota. To celebrate the 50-year anniversary of the moon landing. That very same weekend. It'll be super interesting to see what they come up with for that. Super interesting. Folks, I know it's early, but July 18th through the 20th, 2019, Outback Ranch, Houston, Minnesota. Check it out. Go go hit up galacticgetdown.com 
or hit them up on Facebook and come see us there. Come visit us. We have so much fun talking to so many people there. We go out, we get around, we take the mics out, we socialize with people, we put you on the air. It's just, it's it's a fun time for everybody, I think. Well, and hey, I'm, I'm and, and another thing I've been setting up, we're going to be doing DDP yoga in the mornings at the Cloud Style Broadcasting booth. So if you go and you want to get down with some DDP yoga, come check it out. And if you just want to see our fat asses do it and laugh, just come check it out because that's going to be great. It's going to be a good I time. Mean, Pasty will be a master of it by then. I hope so. I fucking but hope so. I'm going to be a newbie and he's going to be showing me the ropes and that is going to be fun. Uh, other things that are new, we have a new sponsor, Fat Mac. Qualities. Qualities. Right up your alley, as a matter of fact, located in Wilmer, Minnesota, providing your fine custom quality t-shirts. You'll soon be able to get Cloud Style Broadcasting merchandise through them, through us as well. Qualities, owned by my boy, Dustin Janengas. It's going to be good. He just bought this business out. He's, you know, got the local rap background, same as I do. Uh, he's a good man with a good head on his shoulders. I look forward to seeing what he can do with this. He's already making t-shirts for Cut Calhoun, of formerly of Strange Music. Uh, he's got some other major product pro- projects in the works as well. We're going to keep shouting them out and getting it out there to you guys. He's actually going to be interviewed on Get Local Minnesota as well. Boom! There's a little bit of knowledge drop I wasn't expecting to let out there, but there it is. There and go. now it's got to happen, right? Now it has to. It has to. Now it's in stone. It's in stone. I'm going to etch it. I will etch it in a mountainside. That is so fetch. What the fuck? Is that some new fangled terminology I've never heard of? If you think it's new fangled terminology, you've obviously never heard of it. Exactly. Never. <laughs> never heard of that so fetch? No. Damn, dude, fucking popping a copy of Mean Girls one day. No. It's a classic movie. I'll pass. Hilarious. Really? Mean Girls? Like one of the best comedies of our time? Half-baked? Uh, better than half-baked. Not a stoner comedy, but definitely better than half-baked. To be fair, I, I love stoner comedies, and I can watch them for days on end. I don't know that there's a good stoner comedy. I'd say half-baked is probably the only only good one. I, I, I'm I would say Chong's open Things smoke. are tough all over is another one that's way up at, on the top of my list. Yeah, there's a couple Cheech and Chong, but even them, a lot of them are only funny if you're a pothead. Uh, oh, Pineapple Express. That's probably the, the probably the best example of one that's hilarious whether you're a pothead or not. Yeah. I like Pineapple Express. It's a good, good one. That's more of an action flick than a comedy Big Lebowski. in my book. Big Lebowski is another great pothead comedy that you don't have to be a pothead to enjoy. I guess they're out there, but people don't consider them pothead comedies but that's because they're enjoyable to the mainstream they've transcended that but that's kind of what mean girls is mean girls like you don't have to be a high school kid to enjoy mean girls that's for people of all ages and it's hilarious you've never seen it pasty huh nope have not i would recommend seeing it i think you ever watch election with matthew broderick and uh i know we shouldn't talk about matthew matthew broderick nowadays but 
No, Kevin Spacey's the bad one, huh? Yeah. Matthew Broderick and um, uh, Reese Witherspoon. Have you watched that one? I I don't God, know. God, that's a good one. There's a lot of there's a lot of good hidden gems. This is this is more of a topic. I know for I've seen Pop Erection. Culture, a fantastic fable. You've seen Erection, huh? <laughs> well, I know. I mean, but come on, bro. Let's not tell everybody I was over at your place last week. Let's just <laughs> come on. Some things are just between you and I, baby. Yeah, I know. I called you up. I said, fuck, man. I'm sick. I'm so fucking sick. And then you're like, yeah, cool. Look at my penis. Look at my penis. Ow. <laughs> so I suppose we should uh, probably get into this, huh? Let's get on in. Let's see what happens, man. This is either going to be a super short, super long, or exact right length episode. Yep. I'm One of those three. That. You won't get it any other and way. Actually, you know what? To go on, uh, number one, I'm making that prediction right now. Making that prediction right now. I'm making another prediction, Pasty, for twenty nine. all of 2019. I'm making a prediction. I'm going to drop it right now. This is January 18th, 2019. The first beef sticks of the year, the first beef sticks of season two. I'm gonna drop this prediction, and we can we can check in on it uh, next year. We can check in on it at the end of the year. You can look back in it at retrospective. But I'm gonna drop this bombshell of a prediction, Pasty. You ready? Yes. I think 2019 is going to be the biggest year all elite wrestling has ever seen in its entire existence. Oh, I think so. I think so. I'm going. I'm going out on a limb. <laughs> but that's my that's my guess. That's a fair call. You know what else is a fair call? A phone call from a phone booth. Get it? You got to pay a fare. <laughs> we need the rim shot. We don't have the rim shot anymore since you got to put in a rim shot. Right. There, Due to the magic of editing, here's your rim shot. <laughs> here's my rim shot. Wow. Yes, folks, now is time for the most prestigious award ceremony in podcast history, the fifth annual Beefy Awards. We know you guys have been waiting, salivating, play-hating, and masturbating all year. Just thinking, just thinking about our stinking Lincoln Pinkin sinking in your mouth. Let's go beefies, beefy sock. Let's go beefies, beefy sock. Fifth annual, baby, fifth annual. And if you don't know why it's a fifth annual, then you didn't listen to last year's, bitches. You should. I listened to it today because we lost the list of topics from last year. It was damn fantastic. Don't go back and listen to last year's Beefy Awards. If you do like it. the quality you're hearing right here, right now, don't go back and listen to it. Please do it. It's nostalgic, folks. Go uh, back. Listen to it. Have fun. It's the nostalgic. background hum is louder than we are. It's it's an ugly, wretched, train back, wreck of a mess. What background hum? What are you talking about? I don't know. But it just goes to show how much we've grown and how far we've come since God, I've come, I've this come time so last far. year. And I actually want to say, this is probably within seven days of the fourth annual Beefy Awards, which to a lot of you might be the first annual Beefy Awards, but Maybe. it's the fourth. It's the fourth. And this is the fifth. And this is the fifth. 
And starting out the fifth annual Beefy Awards, as us beef sticks aficionados like to do, we like to recognize some of the best facial hair in the business. Folks, we're talking about burns, we're talking about stashes, we're talking about beards, we're talking about goatees, we're talking about five o'clock shadows and soul patches. Can, can and, a five o'clock shadow be a best facial hair? Uh, if that's all we got, but a soul patch cannot, I'm going to retract that. There's no way a soul patch <laughs> is uh, getting that one. What we do have is we have somebody who was uh, on the list for last year and didn't quite make the cut. Yes, this man is of Bullet Club fame. He is a bad man, but he's not he, Tamatanga. He is quite the villain. And it's got kind of a villainish stash to go with it. And boy, does it work out for him. Of course, we're talking about none other than the man, the villain, Marty Skrull. Leader of the villain enterprises in Ring of Honor Wrestling. Currently, until his contract is up in April, when I think we'll know what he'll do next. Exactly. Yeah, of course. He's going to hop to NXT. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, not only does he have amazing mustache, but he also has a really nice beard to go along with it. It complements it. It's not a fantastic, extraordinary beard. It's kind of like the exclamation point on top of a well-written sentence. Yes. I like that a lot. That's a very good... Very good way to put it. And I mean, he ties it all together with the hair on top of his head as well. He does. He's got a good head of hair. You add on to that the mask and the hat and the cane and the feathers and the cape and the mask. And the, the umbrella. man knows how to accessorize. And um, I mean, what is facial hair other than a facial accessory? Exactly. Am I right? Yes. If you're not using your facial hair as a facial accessory, you're just lazy and don't shave. That's the way I look at it. You're either doing something with it, making it work, or you're a bum. You gotta put some beard oil in. You gotta trim the sides. Brush that shit out. You gotta, you gotta sh yeah, you gotta take a brush to it every morning. Every morning. I'm up Multiple to five times, times a, day. a day. Multiple times a day. Yeah, exactly. Anytime Same I'm here. sitting here and I don't know what to do with my hands, mm -hmm. there's my brush. I yep. am bearding now. And I plan on bearding. At least through the Galactic Get Down. We'll see how it goes. Currently at the longest it's ever been, and it's looking pretty nice. Is it longer than mine? I don't know. I haven't seen you since last right week here. when you masturbated in my house. Exactly. Well, I know but I was wasn't looking at your there face. Was, there was cum in your eyes, so it was hard for you to see, and I get that. I get it. I, You know what? I My beard is long enough now, and I haven't done it for a while now, but the, the fact that I did it a while ago, I know. It currently is that length. It's long enough now to where it can get braided. I've had I've had women braid it for me. I'm probably beard. not at braiding like length yet, but it's kind of nice. It hurts. I'm not gonna lie. If you get your if you get your beard braided, it hurts. But from what I hear from women, if you get your hair braided, it hurts because you're literally pulling the shit out of your hair. That's how you braid. But it looks good. Hey, pain is beauty. Yeah, yeah, and my, my my braided beard usually lasts three to five days. Nice. 
before it gets too frizzy, you know, because a little frizz pops out about every three hours or so, you know, one strand here, two strands there. But uh, yeah, usually three to five days. I like getting it braided. I should actually, I, I my plan is the next Galactic get down to get it braided probably the day I leave or the day before I leave. And hopefully it should be able to stay in the whole time. We'll see. We get kind of wild at the get down. We do. God, this uh, this six pack is the first time I've drank since the last Galactic get down. You got Sean Waltman there. Yeah. Oh, you said six pack, not six pack. Sorry. <laughs> And I guess, uh, yeah, now would be the good time to bring it up. I am drinking beer for the first time in quite some time. And tonight it is Devil's Kettle IPA made by Voyager Brewing Company out of Grand Marais, Minnesota. Because we drink locally around these parts, folks. It's a good IPA. I mean, I don't know how many different ways I can review IPAs. So I'm not going to try anymore, but it's fucking good. I learned something about IPAs recently, Pasty. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I believe I do, but <laughs> please let the listeners in. Apparently the hops, which are in most beers, but prominently in IPAs, contain a decent amount of estrogen and help make these man boobs that us men get who drink a lot of beer especially, especially us IPAs. Men. uh yeah so i guess if you're a woman drink up them ipas women because right. it's gonna it's gonna do you something good but men if you want to cut down on the uh breasts uh, you might want to change to a, a lighter less hoppy beer which i, I didn't know and it Hops are my favorite things about beer. I don't know that I'm willing to give up my hops and my boobs. Well, I mean, seriously, I love them both. we've got the man boobs already. We lose them now. They're just going to be floppy skin sacks. Uh, that's true. It'd be, uh, Might as well keep them firm and voluptuous, right? Yeah. Floppy, titted, fucking sweaty freaks. The way I look at it, you got a big dick. You're going to be proud of it. You got some big tits. You should be proud of that, too. I'm proud of both of mine. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I really, for our season premiere, I should have got something extravagant, fun, and special. Uh, sadly, I have an event coming up literally tomorrow evening, and I don't have a ton of money to throw around at this time, so my extra cash is going towards that. So today I have a Coors. classic... 16 fluid ounce Coors Light Silver Bullet. Um, I could just tell what it was done. when you opened the can. I know that sound. <laughs> right. It gets the job done. There's nothing wrong with it. It's smooth. It's crisp. Fuck, it's you get a lot more than flavorful. six. But, yeah, nothing special tonight. I, I apologize, folks. But I have something super more special tomorrow, which is shitty of me to say online. But it, it's true. It's It's... Normally, I wouldn't even say that. There's very few things that are more super special than this event, but this is one of the biggest special events that not only include a special timing, but family member, and it's just, yeah, just something that's super important, and I apologize. Importante. But as a um, non-noticeable, and nobody's going to understand that this was actually a segue moment, pasty... 
um, the best slosh award in the fifth annual Beefy Awards. Which goes to the best drunk wrestler, best alcohol imbibing wrestlers. And for the first time ever, we have a two-time Beefy Award winning team. And it is the Good, Good Brothers. Brothers. Frankly, they're probably the only fucking wrestlers that drink anymore. Doc Gallows, Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Um, you know, they didn't do anything extraordinary this year. Other than a lot of the podcasts I listened to, they were drinking. Yes. But as you mentioned earlier, Pasty, there's, there's not a lot of, you know... When we did this, when we started this Beefy Awards, and there wasn't a lot of people with drinking beer in their gimmick, but that's always been such a thing for pro wrestling that you and I... It had to be a category. Yeah, and we assume that it's going to pick up. And to this day, I still assume, you know, maybe not next year, maybe not the year after that, but after the year, there's going to be a couple of them guys coming down, drinking beers, throwing beers at people, that kind of stuff, so... So we're going to keep this award around for a while, even if the Good Brothers get it every fucking year, because sooner or later, beer drinking has to make a comeback in pro wrestling, It is right? funny. It is funny how, how the good old boys all of a sudden turn into just good boys. <laughs> they turn into fucking video game playing bitches. No offense to video game players, but you hear that all the time when you when you talk to the old timers and they talk about, yeah, we used to go out get drunk, snort a bunch of cocaine, fuck hookers, and destroy hotel lobbies. The whole reason wrestling podcasts exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those and stories. Nowadays, and nowadays they go home and they play Fortnite or play God of War or play Red Dead Redemption 2. And that's what they do after they're done wrestling. And it's like, that's cool. I'm, I'm not dogging any of that. And it's fun. And I get that, especially in WWE, you can lose your job doing something stupid. But goddamn, where are the motherfuckers doing something stupid? Where are these guys at? We we want them back. We want some of them. Let's let's find a medium ground between playing video games and raping women. Because we had a lot of this this last year too. Let's find a fucking medium ground between that, please. Right. It seems like that's all there is to do anymore. Yeah, it used to be drink and fuck. Now it's video games and rape. Oh, my controller is dead. Might as well go rape somebody. Might as well. We've all been there, but still. <laughs> I could just plug know. it back in. Nah. I'm sitting here playing my video game with my jello pudding, but the game controller died. What am I going to do? I'm going to pop some puddings. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations to the Good Brothers for being the Good Brothers and drinking the beer. Congratulations for just fucking drinking and not being ashamed of it. Once more, I would like to shit in a shower with those two men while eating steak and drinking beer. I'm always down for that. Always. And uh, one of these days, we are going to record a podcast while we're all in a shower, the four of us. In a shower, eating steaks, drinking beers, shitting, and just telling you what's going on. Fucking potatoes. Fucking potatoes. Fucking potatoes. <sighs> Next 
Man, season got... two, we got to come up with some new inside jokes. <laughs> I know, right? We, we will. We will. We've got some good ones that have carried on, man. Uh, We've got good ones that have carried on. Um, next up, we have a an award that's near and dear to our hearts. It's something that Pasty has actually put a lot of legwork in and has really helped us out a lot as a company to grow. Cloud Style in general, Beef Sticks specifically. And this would be our best pod partner. Towards the end of this year, we started doing pod partners. We're obviously going to keep this going on yes, along indeed. with our sponsors. It's a great way for us to promote our brand to other podcast listeners. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was meant for the Little slosh late. award, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Homer, you're late again. Um, <laughs> a good way for us to, to, to spread our name to other podcasts and for other podcasts that you may enjoy as listeners, you know, you love beef sticks, but maybe you like knitting. So so you hook up with NWA, Knitters with Attitudes. <laughs> and, and it's like, fuck, we're down. And so it's a great way for us to intermingle, for us to cross-promote, for us to meet new friends. It's awesome. So, Pasty White, best pod partner of 2018. It's got to go to Austin and Cameron. Of suck my fick. Suck my fick! Not only are they an outstanding podcast that I still listen to to this day. Fantastic. But they, they just by being them and their podcast, gave us one of the most entertaining podcast episodes of 2018 here on B6. Loved it. And over the time, I've kind of slowly pieced together that these guys are from Minnesota. As a matter of fact, less than an hour away from my location right now. Hometown heroes. Fucking crazy small world how that works. It's why we didn't know that when we first hooked up with them folks. This wasn't Minnesotans trying to get in touch. This is just podcasters sharing love. And to share love. Because we don't have a pod partner for this week, but want to give homage. Here is our clip. From Beefstick's podcast, Suck My Fic Fan Fiction. Once upon a time, Little Red Riding Hood was sent off from her home by her mother to visit her grandmother. She was sent with a basket. A basket full of Campbell's chicken noodle soup. A bottle of Tums, half full, with only the purple Tums left, and a bottle of whiskey. On Little Red Riding Hood's way to Grandma's house, she stumbled upon a woodsman. And man, that woodsman had some rippling biceps and washboard abs. So she stopped to talk to the woodsman, and he warned Little Red Riding Hood about a predator who was about, and told her to not stray from her path, but to go straight to Grandma's house and talk to no one else. I mean, the whole time he was doing this, he was staring at her tits, but you get it. So Little Red Riding Hood went upon her way 
But she realized to herself, oh, it would take forever to get to grandma's house. And grandma had Wi-Fi and she had run out of data and she wanted to listen to the newest episode of Suck My Fick on her podcast. And she couldn't do it without Wi-Fi. So she cut through the woods. As she cut through the woods, the big bad wolf spied her. And he watched as she skipped along. I mean, he watched her ass, but you know what I mean. He watched as she skipped along. Well, the wolf knew that she was going to grandmother's house, and he darted ahead because wolves are faster than humans. That's just fucking science, all right? Go ask Neil deGrasse Tyson, okay? It's science! When Little Red Riding Hood got to grandmother's house, she came in, and she seen Grandma laying in bed. And she said, Grandma, what big eyes you have. And Grandma said, Oh, my dear! Oh! What, what, it's better to see you with! And Little Red Riding Hood said, Grandma, what a big smile you have! And Grandma said, oh, oh, all the better, all the better to show you how much I, oh, I appreciate you, dear. And then Little Red Riding Hood noticed that the sheets were moving and bobbing and thrusting. And she said, Grandma, what's going on under the sheets? And she pulled it back and the wolf was eating Grandma. And oh my God, was he licking that clit. He was fucking paws deep in that pussy. And he was giving grandma the best orgasm of her goddamn life. And afterwards, the wolf ate Little Red Riding Hood. Oh boy, what a fucking riot, man. That was so that much fun just... to cultivate. I love it. I love it. It gives me a smile every time. Oh, and damn. you you can bet 2019 is going to be full of more skits and sketches just like that. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. That's that's some of my favorite shit. Our skits, our sketches, our games. God damn if we don't have fun, man. And that, that's what it's about. Oh, games, man. I almost I almost made you bring back Lost in Translation for this episode. Oh, we're gonna do Even it. though we're that was the last game we played, we need to play that game again, too. <laughs> we're going to do it soon, trust me. Uh, but we're going on from s some great high-end quality to, to, some, to the drizzling shits, pasty. No, no, we still got one more high-end quality to go, and that is the two-piece, that meal deal. The best tag team of the year of 2018. And that goes to the Lucha Bros. Yes. Now, this is not your Lucha, Lucha. No, it's Lucha. not Lucha House Party. No, no fuck no, that no. shit. This is Sierra Mero. This is Pentagon Jr. or Penta. El Sierra M and Ray Phoenix. The the best brother tag team combination since the Steiners, I dare say. Yeah, 
I, I dare say. And, and to this day, even with Wikipedia and the way things are crazy and, and going out there, we don't know exactly who they are. And we don't know for 100% sure they're brothers. But that even adds more to them as a team that it's one of the few teams that has legit kayfabe. Well, Fat Mac, I'm fairly certain the good brothers aren't brothers either, so. <laughs> but we know they're not brothers, right? Right. Well, yeah, there's there's like literally zero information on Penta El Cerro and Ray Phoenix. Like we don't know their legit names, their legit birthplaces, their legit birth dates, like they're, they're old school lucha. They're old school lucha where they don't put that out there and there's very few people who legitimately know them that's badass like that's super badass and they've put on some of the most badass matches of the year oh gosh fantastic amazing and and you talk about Lucha Underground Impact Wrestling MLW Plus all the independent circuits. You talk about Ray Phoenix on his own. You talk about Penta El Cerro on his own. They hold their own by themselves. And together, just a phenomenal team that that can win against any team on any given night. Very much so. Sky is the limit for these guys, too. If you haven't witnessed them Either go back and watch some of the some of the stuff that happened this past year or keep your eye on them going forward because I guarantee this train ain't stopping here. And they got they got one of the uh, qualities that I, I, I really enjoy about a tag team where they're so different. And you don't get that super a lot with, with brothers. I guess you did with Harlem Heat. They, they were legit brothers, even though they weren't legitimately from Harlem. They were from Texas. We're coming for and, you! <laughs> yep. Um, that's where Hogan got it from. It's not his fault. <laughs> but yeah, you got Penta, you got Penta El Cerro. Stevie Ray told me I could say it. <laughs> Penta El Cerro. Uh, Pentagon Jr., who is very mat-based and very sadistic. And then you got Ray Phoenix, who is very aerial and very flighty and, and very fluid. And they're two completely different styles, and they meld together so beautifully in the ring. Um, I mean, obviously... Quite I said the opposite of L.A. Park and La Parca. Right, right, right. Who are... And I love L.A. Park and, and uh, La Parca Jr. Is that what you're talking about, L.A. Park and yeah, La Parca Jr.? Yeah, yeah, I, and I love them, but very, very different, very different. You are correct. Um, I, I guess I, I did meant I kind of forgot about the Young Bucks, who are again one of the best brother tag teams of all time. Also, but that being said. They're not as different as this tag team. They complement each other very well, but they're not quite as different as this tag team. Right. And, and uh, you don't see them standing on their own very well in singles matches. Exactly. Yeah, that is that is one of the best points, Pasty, is they, they represent their team on their own. Awesome. I think they've earned this one. I think... 
when I go back and think of 2018, Lucha Brothers stand out amongst, not even just when I think of tag teams, just when I think of 2018. Never a dull moment when these men are in the ring. And going from there, you can't have the best without the worst. So from the two-piece, we're going to the two shits. The worst tag team of the year. Fat Mac, who would that be? Now we're in the drizzling shits. This is what I was afraid to get to. Um, and it's so sad because at one time, you could have theoretically called this tag team the best tag team of the year. Oh, yeah. Maybe even a decade. Nope. <laughs> sure, maybe. I'll give you that. Maybe. But uh, de definitely two, two phenomenal athletes in their own rights and two amazing Hall of Fame pro wrestlers that when you say their names alone or combined, you'd never expect them in a worst of anything category. Of course, we're talking about the Hardy Boys. Nope. Nope. 2018 taught us that both Hunter Hearst Helmsley slash Paul Levesque and Shawn Michaels slash Michael Shawn Hickenbottom do not need to be wrestling at all anymore. Stay retired. Stay retired. Uh. <laughs> So DX got together in a long buildup, which was a pretty decent buildup. Yeah, I would say pasty, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I was one of the many, many people who were very excited to see Shawn Michaels return, even though he said it never would and probably never should have. <laughs> but that's Saudi money, man. It'll do crazy things to you. Just ask Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um. So both Triple H and Sean got back together to face the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and Undertaker. Now, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think they have a combined age of 5,000. Right about there. Something like that. Um, it's on the high end of the DBZ power rankings. Yeah. None of the four of them are young, which me. I'm going to throw out, I'm just going to throw this out here. Triple H being the youngest, I would guess. And he's not super young. No. Best looking um, out of all of them. Uh, I don't know. Glenn Jacobs has that power to him. You know, <laughs> the mayoral kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, and, and what makes things God, worse is. Got at a fucking is, house show this past week. WWE finally cut him and Knox County that $100,000 check. They really held that off. <laughs> they were waiting. They were waiting. What else What else can we have him do? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's they had one match. And Pacey and I, before, before this went to air, we debated, should they get it for one match? But the fact that they are such a huge, iconic tag team, the fact that it was such a huge built-up match, and the fact that the match itself was so fucking awful. And yes, some of that was their age. Some of that was there wasn't a lot of build-up to it, believe it or not, and a lot of the guys involved, 
I don't think had a lot of in-ring prep time. Kane, I'm looking at you. <laughs> right. Um, Sean too, damn it. Yeah, when we got there, um, not only was everybody off a bit, not only did Sean did a fucking uh, a shitty moonsault off the top rope, but Kane and Undertaker, two fucking veterans of the business, missed him and made him land on his fucking face. That's something we would give any other fucking rookies we would boo him out of the fucking place for. And that's Undertaker and Kane. They completely missed Sean. Did not catch him. He landed on his face. That's almost inexcusable when you're at the rank of Undertaker and Kane. At least one of them motherfuckers should have been Ring general my ass. Then you had Triple H ripping a fucking peck. Like, within the first five (laughs) minutes. So that didn't help things. That's akin to fucking Vince McMahon's double fucking quads tear. Yeah, it's it was just it was snake bitten from the beginning, but the problem is, Shawn Michaels cut yes. his hair. That's the whole problem. That was that was the problem too. Yeah, <laughs> he came out bald. <laughs> the thing is, as, as many things as we can say, well, but you look at this. Well, 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 look at this. When you looked at all that shit. It never should have fucking happened to begin with. That's why they're here. Because everybody involved, including the four wrestlers, including the bookers, including Vince McMahon, probably everybody except the fucking crown prince of Saudi Arabia (sighs) knew this match should never have fucking taken place. Right. We as fans knew it. But it happened. And therefore, DX, you are the worst. Worst tag team of 2018. Who who would have thought back in 98 when they were running Roughshed that they would even be in the running for worst tag team of 2018, let alone fucking right. winning that? What a world we live in. They, they shouldn't have even been in the running, Pasty. No, not at all. Remember in 98 how they were laughing at WCW for putting guys in there who were younger than Undertaker, Kane, Sean, and Triple H. They were laughing at, at WCW for promoting guys who at that time were younger than who all those four guys were during the Crown Jewel event. Kind of pathetic. It just it doesn't make any sense. And it could have been easily avoided. All it would have taken was for Sean to say, no, I'm staying retired. No amount of money is going to make me get back in that ring. Yeah, well, money talks, and How much baby. did Kane and, and get shit on that he only got $100,000? Because you can bet everybody else in that match got a lot more fucking money than that. First of all, I, I don't dog any of the people in there for taking that match because of the money, except for Glenn Jacobs. I think Glenn Jacobs could have took a hard stance against the bullshit going on in Saudi Arabia. With the Khashoggi murder, beheading, choppy, choppy briefcases distributed throughout the world. Yeah, thank you, Pacey. Yeah. All of that. I mean, we've talked about it ad nausea through through so many of our past fucking reports. Other than just everything else Saudi Arabia does, because they've just always been an evil, horrible nation. So he definitely should never have taken part in it. But the rest of them... I get it. It's a payday. Just like Jericho said. Jericho even said, I didn't want to do it, but they gave me more money 
than I've been offered for a match than maybe three or four other times in my life, you know, been offered money, but just for one match. Um, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. And that was for just for him it. to come in third from the end of the fucking greatest Royal Rumble <laughs> right? and not do a whole lot. Um, so I, I don't, I don't dog them for doing it. But with that being said, you open yourself up to be worst tag team of 2018. You're, you're, you're opening yourself up for that. Right. You're allowing it. Yeah. That's their choice. Um, that, I used to love DX pasty so much. And, um, and I love Undertaker and Kane and even Glenn Jacobs. We gotta, we gotta do something to lift my spirits, man. We need something that was. Uh, I wish there was something that was just a highlight of my fucking twenty. Something that unified us once more after turmoil. Yeah, brought us something together. Something that was amazing. Something that two of us who, who argue over so many things can just sit and say, "I love this." But I, there, it's the wrestling world, Pacey, and such a thing doesn't exist. Or does it? No. In our next category, best promotion. We're going to discuss the best promotion. It's got to be WWE. I mean, they're oh, yeah. at a record-setting stock market price. They had um, just just mind-blowing deals with both Fox and USA Network. They made a deal with the entire nation of Saudi Arabia. It's it can't be anything else other than well I guess no it couldn't be AEW All Elite Wrestling because that didn't happen until after the new year so it has to be yeah pasty it it has to be WWE it does except it's not what what it's MLW you're wrinkling my brain MLW why because they put on a very entertaining program from start to finish. And not only that, but it is easily the most ex accessible wrestling promotion out there today. Go to your YouTube, put an MLW, watch episodes for free. Anytime Every you single want. episode. Every single episode. And it will never let you down. Very this solid show. A promotion that started way back, Pacey, in 2002, and it kind of came about because of the acquisitions of uh, WCW and ECW by the WWF. And um, Kurt Bauer, who, who has been in the wrestling game long before that as a journalist, he's up there. With uh, um, Dave Meltzer, he uh, Dave Meltzer runs the Observer, and Court Bauer runs the um, Torch, the Pro Wrestling Torch. You Thank go. you, Pasty, for helping me out. Anytime. I appreciate it. Glad that. I can be a service. <laughs> <laughs> and he started way back in 2002, and what he did was just ran a couple shows, and that was it. And then in 2017, mid 2017. He, he put together an event. He got a bunch of people that were, were talking to him, a bunch of wrestlers, a bunch of people and some backers. And he did uh, what was akin to the ECW uh, one-night stand. He did an MLW one-shot. 
And it came out in July of 2017, and it sold out, and it got huge. And he got more and more people asking for it. With that, Pasty, he signed a deal with BN Sports, and he started MLW Fusion, which deb debuted uh, Matt Riddle's favorite day, April 20th of this of last year, 2018. And the main event pasty of MLW Fusion 420. Can you guess who it might have been? Matt Riddle versus Rob Van Dam. That would have been a good guess. But it was our tag team of the year, Pentagon Jr. versus Ray Phoenix in the main event. From there, he went on to just accumulate so many more talents, and he'd bring in so many talents to his show, and he's willing to work with so many promotions, and all Court Bauer wants to do is spread pro wrestling and make it the best it can be. And you can feel his fucking heart in every episode of MLW Fusion. They haven't started doing pay-per-views or anything yet. They're they're basically a brand new company. Even though they started in 2002, they're, they're basically a brand new company. Because like I said, their, their weekly television show didn't start until the mid of 2018. But with that being said, I think I watched Pasty more MLW episodes than Raw episodes this entire year. I'm right there with you. I was, I was, we... Started with the summer of other, walked away from WWE, didn't go back. One fall for all started. We decided we could go back and we still chose not to because we had <laughs> know, this right? alternative program. Uh, just, just amazing. And just such great talent. They work with so many different promotions. As I said, I, I, I don't got, I don't, I don't know. What do you got to say about it, Pasty? It's a it's a great product. I don't know nearly as much about the back history of it as you do, but that's why I'm glad I got you. Uh, I can sit down for one hour a week and be thoroughly entertained in a way that I never really thought possible. And I can watch it anywhere, anytime. Don't have to pay a subscription fee. Don't have to pay for cable. So long as you have YouTube, you can watch it. So why aren't you watching it? Fucking go watch it. Quit listening to this podcast right now and go watch MLW. Fuck, start with uh, the Battle Riot of all things. Yeah, it's probably my favorite is the Battle Riot. They did a war games that's as great as any WWE or WCW war games. I did not They've see that one. Hardcore match. Go back and watch that, Pacey. Go watch their war games. They've got a great fucking war games. They've got hardcore matches. They've got technical matches. They've got luchador matches. They've uh, anything you could ask for. They have it. Great characters. Great on screen on screen personas. Um, they've got uh, very solid storylines. Uh, yeah, they've got vying <laughs> factions that are against each other. It's just amazing. And I, I can't leave this without the best part ever. 
they brought Tony Schiavone back into the yes, announcing they game. Did. Tony Schiavone and Matt Stryker are the announcers, and goddamn, as a '90s wrestling fan, is it not amazing to hear Tony Schiavone again? You know, Truly. out of all the, the the '90s announcers that they talk about, there's Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jr. Jerry the King Lawler and Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and, and um, Michael Cole. I kept wanting to say Adam <laughs> Cole. I apologize. To this day, probably my top three would be Bobby the Brain Heaton, Tony Schiavone, and Michael Cole, which is sad, but true. Oh, yeah. we. I just had a debate about this uh, in a wrestling group. Earlier this week, and, and Michael Cole, I don't think it's enough credit as an announcer for for what he's done over the years. And, and how long? And a lot of people want to shit on him, but they don't realize that he is the one who has Vince McMahon in his ear the whole time. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I, I despised when he did his heel character. It was my favorite. When he was putting on his wrestling Hiding togs in his glass and box shit. And, and, yeah. For me, I, I didn't dig it, and you did dig it, and that's cool. But when I'd step away from that and just look at him as an announcer from like ninety fucking five, yeah. I think it was, yeah. until still today, there's very few guys that are as great as him. You know, you look at the greats of all time, and you got the Gordon Solis, and you've got the JRs, and you've got the Tony Schiavones. Michael Cole, once he's gone. People are going to love him a lot more than they hate him now. Very much. But we're not talking about him. We're talking about Tony Schiavone. We're talking about MLW. We're just, it's just, just, just fucking fantastic. You want to see the people, the Rich Swans and... Uh, Jack Swagger. The Cody Rose. Uh, I mean, Jack Jake Hager. Hager. Yeah, Jake Hager. <laughs> you, Simon you can Gotch. see them all there. And it's it's such a good mix of what you want to see. It was this was a hands down. You and I didn't even we didn't even debate right. it. Let alone that we both just said at the same time, MLW yep. has to be it. <laughs> has to be it. Not an argument on the beef sticks. And other and people don't get me wrong. I love Ring it. of Honor. I love New Japan. MLW Impact Wrestling NXT yeah the way MLW presents itself to you and it is just that easily accessible factor with a constantly entertaining product I've yet to be let down by it and I still tune in every week and I just I can't praise it enough no me, me neither I, I'm so glad that you and I are both into it so we can discuss it and talk about it and, and and talk back and forth. It used to be only WWE you could do that right. with. Yeah, this this really brought me out. Like, I'll tune into New Japan here and there for the pay-per-views. I'll turn into Ring of Honor, Impact, here and there for yep. the pay-per-views. But I'm not watching it every every chance I get. Well, this is different. This is special. Do I think they're going to be my best promotion of 2019? That remains to be seen. Because they got some stiff competition coming up. But this is Major League Wrestling. Uh, Pacey, I got to take a pause for the cause, low Pause for the cause. I'll be right back.
And this is the point, folks, where I'm going to take this moment to reiterate to you, you can listen to B-Sticks Podcast on any of your favorite streaming services, and we keep getting added to more and more all the time. Go ahead and follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash B-Sticks Podcast, or forward slash cloud style broadcasting to keep up with all the juicy tidbits we also have a fine fancy group where you can get notifications every time we have something for you and that's the cloud style insiders get inside the clouds feel the precipitation watch as we're constantly changing evolving growing and moving come join us we're also on youtube we have a good handful of episodes that we actually did video for. Had some technical issues, and we decided to put that in the back burners. But as Fat Mac mentioned at the top of the show, that's going to be making a comeback in all new ways. I'm very excited for that. Uh, follow me, Pasty White. I'm on Facebook as Pasty White. You can follow me there. You can follow me on my graphics page, White House Media Design. And you can follow me as we step back into the local Minnesota scene with Get Local MN, the radio show. We're going to be interviewing the best local musicians, artists, painters, public figures, business owners, and anybody with a solid story to tell. It's going to be a good old time. Cloud Style Broadcasting 2019. Keep your eyes peeled. You don't want to miss it for a minute. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And you can't have the best without the worst, right, Fat Mac? Uh, sadly, that's true. And, and uh, this is so weird. It is. It's, <laughs> it's so very, very weird. Uh, it's so awkward that the worst promotion, our, our pick for worst promotion is going to be the most prof one of the most profitable businesses in the world today. I think that's the problem, man. When it turns into just being all about money and profit, everything else goes to the wayside, and it shows. You, you lose the heart. Yeah, I agree. And with that being said, our worst promotion of 2018, we have to pick the one that we chose to walk away from, WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. We still got love for them. We still oh, hope for the for best. for sure. They got a lot of and talent still, on there that needs WWE to be the best. They got such amazing... They got... They probably have the best collection of talent in the world today, bar none. The best collection all around. But nothing says money over everything. Like their continued push into Saudi Arabia with Crown Jewel after everything that went down. They had a moment to take a stand, and they didn't do it. The money is everything. I mean, granted, yeah, there's contracts signed. I understand that. That probably, if, if WWE would have turned away from that, they would have got pr best promotion in, in our book. Yeah. To turn away from such fucking money. You all, you all that listen to us regularly, you know what we had to say about the whole Saudi Arabia thing. You know how we feel. That would have easily gave them the best promotion of the year to be able to do something that huge. They chose not to. They chose to push and push both Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, who fans all heartedly 
said they didn't want. Now, that may sound controversial after the whole Roman Reigns leukemia deal, but remember, that, that came late in 2018. Yeah. That had nothing to do with how WWE and the fans treated Roman Reigns before that. They continued to squash people like The Revival, Sanity, Ty Dillinger, Becky Lynch they tried to sabotage, Bailey, so many fan favorites that they purposely choose to just shit on. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, even look at something like the Broken Universe, which was a golden ticket for them, that they just fucking haphazardly... Stomped into the ground. Sloshed together some shit. Yeah, it was... The the best thing about WWE having the Broken Universe was their... um, was it their Christmas party or their holiday party or their Halloween party? Whatever that deal was, that was just a network exclusive. The Halloween party they were was at the one. Har- yeah. Yeah. They, they were at their compound and um, Papa Halloween. Shango was there. Aptly and, named yeah. Triple H. <laughs> yeah, right. God. That was the best thing to actually come from them even owning the rights to the And that uh, wasn't until name. after Matt announced his retirement. It was, they did everything to upset every fan. Now, keep in mind, we understand as a business, as cloud style broadcasting, we understand that WWE did everything as a business to be profitable as a business and to succeed as a business. We're not dogging for that, and we're not saying that that's wrong. And we will acknowledge the fact that they're attempting to ratify that currently as we speak. But also, it is the push to WrestleMania, so that's bound to happen anyway. Right. We'll see what happens in the long term going forward. Yeah, you can you can do that. You can you can do the best for you as a business, and that's probably not even the wrong thing to do. That's probably the right thing to do. But you have to accept that as a wrestling promotion, your fans are going to turn away. You have to accept that. You know that's going to happen. And that's what's happened. Sorry. I mean, they did give some back. And we're about to talk about that right now as we get into the best pay-per-view of the year. Which, amazingly, WWE did something right with a concept we all thought they were going to fuck up. And that was WWE Evolution. Pasty, this is the only pay-per-view I watched since SummerSlam, I think? Yeah, that sounds right. I think I watched SummerSlam. I'm going to say I watched SummerSlam. Otherwise, uh, and I might not have watched SummerSlam, but at we most, watched Hell in SummerSlam. That was when fall, uh, One Fall for All began, and we decided to go back. So we did watch Hell in a Cell, but then after that, it was nothing until okay. Okay. Evolution. Yep, and then Evolution. And I loved Evolution. That was a fucking great pay-per-view. I hope they do it again this year, 100%. I would fully support that. Uh, Even still to to this day, the women are probably the best thing going on Raw and or SmackDown. Definitely one of the best. You know, when um, they had a, uh, when you have a dark match, 
That's as great as Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai for the NXT UK Women's Championship. And that was their dark match. And I would love to see that on any pay-per-view now. You also had Trish and Lita taking on Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Now, yes, Alicia Fox was a poor substitute and this actual match turned out to be shit. It could have been great. The heart was there. The nostalgia was there. This was basically your um, DX and uh, Brothers of Destruction. Yeah. So they gave us that. Sorry. I mean, we still got to see Trish and Lita again, so it gets exactly. points there. You got, you got Tony Storm beating Io Shirai for the 2018 Mae Young Classic, which was just awesome. Hell yeah. That was a great fucking match. Sasha Bailey and Natalia against the Riot Squad. The Riot Squad is still, uh, I guess I don't know, but since I don't read a lot about them, I think the Riot Squad is still one of the most underrated and underutilized factions in WWE that should be a lot better. It did hurt them at the last pay-per-view when uh, they let Natalia beat up all three members of the Riot Squad. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Natalia was the fart gimmick. <laughs> But even still, um, I thought it was a good match on its own. Natalia versus Ruby Riot, and she had to go through the rest of the Riot Squad. It was probably one of Natalia's better matches. I still think Ruby Riot, if they let her, could be the future of the women's division. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane for the NXT Women's Can't Champion. Shayna Baszler won two. it back. In, in a uh, submission match, that was fucking awesome. You don't see a lot of submission matches nowadays, let alone in the first women's only. That was a gamble. Because cause you, you alienate a lot of your mainstream fans by having a submission match. A lot of mainstream fans don't want to see submissions. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, last woman standing match. A lot of people say is match of the year. So, uh, fuck, you had that right there. That's arguably Spoiler alert, we don't top say three. that here. No, but it's arguably in your top three match of the year's top five at oh, least. Yeah. And Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella, I even said was way better than it should have yep. been. Way fucking better than it should have mm -hmm. been. For Ronda being as fresh into the company as she is, she sure carried that match all the way through. Made Nikki Bella look damn good. And we will, we will uh, admit that New Japan Dominion of this year was really fucking close. Could have, it, it was super close. It could have won it, could have won it, but we just, we honestly felt that Evolution stood for something about, and did something. Yeah, they were probably about even, probably 100% even. If you looked at it, they were different. So it's hard to judge because New Japan Dominion was a much better classic wrestling show. Every match down the line was like, bam, if you're a classic wrestling fan, you love everything that happened. You had Michael Elgin versus Hiroki Godu, which really opened my eyes against Michael Elgin. You had... Um, Juice Robinson and David Finley taking on Jay White and Yoshihashi. All four of them guys have just exploded. You had the Bucks versus LIJ, which is Sonata and Evil. 
in an amazing tag team match. That was the Bucks' first heavyweight tag team title match win. You had the Bullet Club, represented by Cody Hangman Page and Marty Skrull, taking on the fucking Iconics. And not the Iconics, Iconics. but the Iconics of of Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jushin Thunder Lager, and Rey Mysterio Jr. Three guys who on their own could sell out a fucking pay-per-view. Not only that, you had Chris Jericho winning the Intercontinental Championship from Tetsuya Naido, which was one of my favorite matches and two of my favorite wrestlers ever. And you had the fantastical, amazing Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada. No time limit. Two out of three falls match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Now, yes, everybody listening to this, you could make a huge argument that Dominion 6-9 in Osaka Joe Hall 2018 should have done it. But I would say that just the fact that WWE is finally representing the women gives them that slight edge. Yeah. And it definitely showed. Now, on the flip side of that, you've got the worst pay-per-view of the year. Easily, hands down, goes to a pay-per-view we've already discussed multiple times in the show alone. And that is Crown Jewel. Oh, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> uh, we've said so much about it. I don't think there's any other reason to talk about it, honestly. Other than to say no. that it was the worst pay-per-view of the year. And not only, not only did it represent some horrible shit, even worse than the Greatest Royal Rumble... So let's just, just for that alone, it deserves a spot. The Greatest Royal Rumble was fantastic by comparison. I had fun watching the Greatest Royal Rumble. But that, that's what I'm saying. But but I'm talking about just the um, politics surrounding yeah. it. The Greatest Royal Rumble was marred because it's Saudi Arabia and there's so much bullshit, but it's like, oh, they're trying to change. Then this whole Khashoggi shit came out and they still had crown jewels and then they had a worse event, which, by the way, to this day, to everybody listening, to Pacey, to anybody else, I've never watched it. I have I have not seen what happened. I've seen clips of Triple H's uh, peck getting ripped. And maybe I've seen a couple other clips of some stuff that happened in the matches. I, I really don't remember, but I, I did not watch this. I still refuse to watch this. And for that fact alone, I think it, it earns it. Definitely 100%. I mean, you were going to do the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. People were outraged. They spoke out about it. You changed it. This shit happened. The most generic name. And you, you, you stayed your course. But let's look at the reasons why. Nobody paid WWE to do the Great Moolah Battle Royal. That was their choice. And when people got upset, they changed the name of it and still continued it. When Crown Jewel came out, they were being paid an extravagant. And we still don't know the numbers, but we all know 
It was fucking ridiculous. Scrooge McDuck money. Yeah, a stupid amount of money. <laughs> for this. And it's not like... It, they had the choice. With the May Young thing, it's like, yeah, okay, we'll change it. We don't lose out on anything. It's awesome. It's cool. On this, they could have said to the world... Yes, we're going to take a pay cut because we firmly believe it's worth standing up for our beliefs. They didn't. They didn't. Well, that's because the only belief Vince McMahon has is dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Money, 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 money. Vince should buy that theme song from Sarge. <laughs> Im- Impact Impact or TNA still must own that theme song for e- EC3. Vince McMahon should buy that, and that should be his fucking theme song. Money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. Well, Shane McMahon's already got that anyway. Here comes the money. Oh, he's got Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Ching, money. ching, bling, bling, dollar, dollar. Yeah, it's completely different, Pasty. Completely different. Come on, man. Shane McMahon is Vince's oh, son. Oh, let's talk about that, too, because that happened at Crown Jewel. The best in the world tournament. Oh, Won fuck. by a I fucking did, I, man. I spaced that off. interjected himself in, in, in the final round. First of all, let's wait. Let's, let's rewind the track all the way back, <laughs> Pasty, if we're going to do that. They had a best in the world tournament and everybody who was in it was mid card jobbers. Well, maybe, but they were all American. That that too. Every single one was English American born in America. Best in the world. Not a single person who wasn't American. The worst part of that was in the tournament, there was non-Americans in the tournament to go, or what do they call it? Preliminaries or whatever the fuck they called it to get into the tournament. There were people who were non-Americans, such as Rusev, such as Seamus, such as uh, various other guys who I can't think of who they might have been, but they probably were. Um, there were Canadians. There were there were other people who weren't Americans. Every single person who moved on was an American. And then they all lost to a McMahon who wasn't even in the fucking tournament. After they fucking made chicken salad out of chicken shit, man. It was down to Dolph Ziggler and The Miz. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah! <laughs> They, got they fucking did. And this shit's still playing out. Cause now Miz and 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 Shane McMahon are forming the best tag team in the world and they're challenging next Sunday for the which, SmackDown tag team titles. Which I I don't know the storyline that's going on. I don't mind Miz Shane is super and Miz gung-ho is a baby team. face all for it and Shane doesn't take it seriously at all. It's going to lead to some WrestleMania match between the two of them. Who's a baby Miz. face? Well, Daniel Bryan Miz turned heel. What else face? are you going to do with him? You're shitting no. me. 
That actually, actually happened, happened. Mr. Babyface? 100% Babyface. You're butt-fucking my Bukaki. I wish. How do you butt-fuck a Bukaki? That's honest. a lot of whoa. Oh, boy. Let me show you, man. I'll, I'll teach you a thing or two. No way. It really misses face. Yes. Well, somebody fucked up there unless he's doing he's amazing. He's doing a good job. He's holding his own as a face. Wow. And and I'm I'm, I'm assuming so, when it so comes down to Shane so versus Shane Miz a... at Mania, Miz will be the face going into it there too. R- Rumble, you mean, right? Huh? Or what? What Rumble? What about Rumble? No, 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 no. Mania. So okay, so so is Shane a face right now? Yeah. Still? Oh shit, he was on his way to being a heel well, before it's I still, quit watching. It's still there, like you know, it's teetering. Okay. Like I said, Shane's not they're, taking they're really it slow burning. seriously. I'm okay with slow burning. Miz is pushing for the tag team. Like it's Miz's fault that they're having their championship match. Shane would be perfectly okay. fine with not doing it. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he agreed to be a tag team with Miz as a joke, and Miz just took it seriously. No, that- I don't mind a slow burn. It, Honestly, I, I enjoy a slow burn. But um, <sighs> but somebody sat in a fucking cubicle and said, "You know what we need to do? We need to make Daniel Bryan a heel and Miz a face. It works, and then our ratings will go." It didn't work. The ratings are the lowest they've ever been. Pacey. I don't think that holds it true today. Work. Ratings are going it, it up steadily week true. over week. It holds true 100% and they're way lower than they were fucking a year ago. Daniel Bryan Daniel as a heel, Bryan as a as heel, a heel is amazing. and Miz as a face is killing the fucking company and whoever fucking greenlit it should be fired. That You can look at that on paper in a numbers and see that. Actually, you can just fucking say it out loud. Daniel Bryan. He's a face. Miz, he's a heel. Okay. No. This that shit makes me not even want to watch WWE anymore when I think every now and then I might want to. No, it's wrong. That's like saying Stone Cold's heel turn was fucking good. It wasn't. Whoa. It was fucked. This is this is working. You have to you actually have to sit and It isn't good. working! The ratings are down, pasty, <sighs> the buy rates are down, everything's down. It's not working. You know it's not working, well, Pasty. I'm see, enjoying it, so I won't argue with you on that. You see the same numbers I see. But you see the same numbers I see, don't you? Yeah, but I also don't see that being a topic of conversation week after week like it was two months ago. Because we're used to fucking shit poor ratings, and you can't... Every week you can't say it's the lowest ratings ever because it gets redundant, doesn't it? Yeah. But I'm just saying. They're not at the ratings they were a year ago. Can we agree on yeah. that? Okay. Whew. I like that's the first time that you and I have gotten into a debate, dude. It's been good. <laughs> it's the first time of this season. I like that. I miss well, it. Well, it's just the beginning, my friend. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, and we're going to go from real bad to very worse in our next category. Yeah, this is... 
This is the one that I had to twist Pasty's arm for because he thought that this should be male wrestler of the year. <laughs> honestly, honestly, folks, he, no. <laughs> he was he said, no, this is male wrestler of the year. And I said, no, fuck that. We need to make a new category king of cringe for this fucker. No, he's the best I've ever seen. He's right up there with Shane McMahon and Miz. And the King of Cringe Award goes to... <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. James Ellsworth. Finally, Pasty agrees with me that James Ellsworth <laughs> deserves to get shit on. He does a little bit, yeah. I mean, he did at the time. It's, it's, it's a dead topic now. Nobody knows who James Ellsworth <laughs> is anymore. I know who he is because I buy groceries and he bags my food. <laughs> so I obviously know who he is. Uh, yeah. Not only after the um, shit fucking performance he had at Bound for Glory yeah. against Eli Drake, yeah. which was just fucking pathetic and sad and, and made me hurt. This was before all the shit came out, Pasty. Yep. It almost made me hurt, like, oh, no. I felt like there was a kitten in the rain being kicked. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I feel I feel bad for James Ellsworth. And then the shit comes out. I don't know. What was the legal, the technical legal? Well, she was 16 years old, fan from a indie local show. Yeah. She got his Instagram info and his Snapchat info, and he sent her lewd photographs. Dick pics, folk. Dick pics. Well, he couldn't send her chin pics. No chin pics. He did walk away from that. Without what being if his charged. Balls, like, what, what if his balls concave inward like his shin does? What would that That'd look like? Like how, would, like, how would you fucking... How would you teabag anybody? Would it be more like sandpapering them? Like... <laughs> I don't know. How does that work? Well, you'd have to ask her. Or him. Uh... James Ellsworth, come on Beefsticks Podcast and explain to us how you teabag. <laughs> this this will be will your career back from episode. the abyss, I promise. It, it'll fucking be our highest rated episode. <laughs> Fuck it, I don't care. No, <laughs> it took a lot for me to say, okay, I'm done with Ellsworth. And that was the final straw. He is the king of cringe of 2018. At least of 2018, yeah. And I hope we never hear about him again. There's there's worse people in this world. But, um... I was never fully behind him as a wrestler. And after his personal shit came out, I'm definitely not behind him as a person. There's not a lot else to say besides, um... You know... No chomo. Hashtag no chomo. Next up, we have one of our favorite long time awards in this fifth annual Beefy Awards. 
This is one from the beginning. This is our Mick Foley Award. And this one goes out to the most hardcore match of the year. And even though beer drinkers may go by the wayside as time goes on, hardcore matches will always be a staple of pro wrestling. Yes, indeed. One of and my favorite match types ever. Is, this is not the match that we picked at all. Uh, no, um, no, it's so not. We have to change that. <laughs> For, sorry, folks, but you can't see what's there. So um, hardcore match of the year goes to Sammy Callahan versus Pentagon <laughs> Jr. Pentagon Mask Jr. versus hair match. Ah, and this was at Slammiversary 2018, I believe. Impact high we, point of the year, I would say. Because we don't have it written. I thought we had changed it. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, this was definitely got one of the best parts of being an Impact Wrestling fan this year was the feud between these two, for sure. And then this match was sick, sadistic, hard to watch, everything you want if you're a hardcore Real fan. Railroad Spikes. Railroad spikes. When do you see that that often? You don't get to see enough railroad spikes nowadays. Not unless you're walking along the tracks. Well, yeah, that happens every now and then. No, th this was awesome. There was so much blood. There was so much um, heat, so much everything. Hatred between the two men. Like, you could feel it. It was a great story told in the ring. And it's one thing about, and we didn't mention this when we gave them the tag team of the year, but it's one thing about uh, Pentel Cerroem or Pentagon Jr. is that he emotes so much with his face while still being A, masked, and B, painted. And you still get so much out of him. Uh, surprisingly, Pentagon won this one with a package pile driver, but God, they they put out all the stops to have a bloody, gory, hardcore anything goes where you believed the stakes match. It was just, it was fucking awesome. It was the tops. There was some strong competitors. As the one on her notes says, LAX versus the OGs in their hardcore street fight. That was good stuff. Yeah, for sure. And it's one, again, as I kind of mentioned going into this, there's so many good hardcore matches nowadays. Um, some pretty bad ones, yeah. too. Anything with uh, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer, go home. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we had the same thoughts. You and I are the same wavelength. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's some pretty pathetic ones and that's kind of been since the mid nineties, before the mid nineties, there was either real hardcore or not. And you would see that with Abdullah the butcher and you would see that with, um, 
um, Bruiser Brody, and you would see that with the Headhunters, and you would see that with even like Jerry the King Lawler, and you would see that every now and then the real hardcore matches, um, the, the Great Kabuki. You would see a lot of this shit, but but you'd get it only a little bit. And nowadays, people throw so much into it that we actually get a lot of really shitty hardcore matches. Uh, the 90s the 90s were epic for shitty hardcore matches. You look at the 90s and just look at both WWE and WCW's hardcore titles, and you'll see some of the worst matches you've ever seen in your life. But people like... Um, hey, the 24-7 the runners rule up. was the shit. Oh, that was awful. But people like the runners-up, LAX and the OGs, and the people like um, um, Penta El Cerro, Sammy Callahan, you get all of these people that are willing to put everything on the line. Um, I just watched uh, Impact Wrestling Homecoming, and I seen Eli Drake versus Abyss. And I did not expect Eli Drake to be in a good hardcore match, but he was in a Monsters Ball match. I would love to see that. I'm going to have to go back and And this motherfucker, not only was this a really good match, but Eli Drake took a chokeslam into the thumbtacks, which, yes, we've seen that and we're kind of jaded to it. That's fine. That wasn't the end of the match. That was in the middle of the match. He spent about another 10 minutes wrestling with his back and the back of his head full of thumbtacks. And I thought to myself, shit, that's something I don't see a lot. The thumbtacks weren't the end of the match. He's still wrestling. Every match I watch him do, he has thumbtacks. Every fucking, every time he does a DDT, every time he does a drop tick, every time he does a hurricane rana, anything, he's landing on his back and he has those thumbtacks still in him. And it's like, oh shit! So they're still finding new ways to to integrate into integrate everything into it, and that is a really good match. But definitely, definitely, we're giving it to Sammy Callahan, Penta El Cerro, Mask versus. Yeah, if Air you match haven't seen sure. it yet, go and back and rewatch it or watch it for the first time. Do yourself the Spoiler service alert. because this it's the definition of what a hardcore match should be. I'm not even going to say spoiler alert. Go and find out for yourself. It's probably obvious who wins and who loses. But, yeah. I agree, Pacey. This is what a hardcore match well, yeah, should especially be since in you 2018. Just got done saying not that long ago, nobody knows what Penta looks like under the mask. <laughs> He's painted, Pacey. It doesn't matter if his mask comes off. Don't break kayfabe. He's painted. <laughs> Moving on, we got we got the face, man. The face, face that runs the place. Yes, indeed. Who is the best face of 2018? This was this a was hard difficult. one for Pasty. It and was I. difficult because a lot of the faces this year have been very lackluster. Very couldn't be AJ Styles because he didn't do enough, but get kicked in the nuts a bunch. Yeah, yeah, poor, poor AJ's balls we have you watched have you watched that uh 
compilation of all of the uh, AJ Styles nut nut Yes, busters. of course I did. It's sad. It goes all the way from TNA through fucking WWE, and it's the man. It's way amazing more than that the man has kids. And as many as he has, he has four. I think four. Yeah. Yeah, just just unfathomable. Someone like myself barely gets kicked in the balls, only has one kid. You know, nobody wants to fuck me. That's part of it, but still. <laughs> that's not true. I fuck a lot of ugly but women. Yeah, we had talks of AJ Styles potentially falling in here. We had talks of Roman Reigns falling in here because even though a lot of people wanted to shit on him, Roman Reigns had a pretty decent year. Yeah. But ultimately, the Best Face Award had to go to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. After his heel run with the authority, when he came back and said he was doing it for the fans, he stayed true to his guns, put on A-ranking matches in and out all the time. House shows, Raw pay-per-views it didn't matter one of the greatest intercontinental champions in recent memory and maybe even of all time and one of the greatest wwe champions of of recent memory (coughs) whatever it may be universal what has there been five he's in the top five definitely If there's five of them fuckers, he's in the top five. (laughs) Universal, there's been Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. That's it. So, yeah, so he's in the top (laughs) five for sure. And he's above Kevin Owens and Finn Balor. Yeah, yeah, Finn Balor was a flash in the pan. So he's at least in the the top three, right? I mean, Christ. Yeah. So he's in the top three. He's in the top three of, of WWE champion or universal champion, yeah, right? Definitely. Ooh, that's something else. Go ahead, keep talking. Yeah, well. I just thought of something we needed to add. Well, that's 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 about all I got to say there. I mean, we don't need to, then go to the spend next twenty one. minutes on everybody. Go to the next Best one. Heel of the year. The aforementioned. Sammy Callahan, he's healing it up all over the industry, working for Impact, MLW, who else? Lucha Underground? Yep, Lucha Underground, definitely Lucha Underground. He's all over the place, he was at All In. And and every independent show that you're going to find. Um, this guy, this motherfucker, this motherfucker, pasty. Do you know what this motherfucker What do you did? do? This motherfucker took a baseball bat and he smashed Eddie Edwards, one of the biggest heels, or uh, faces, I apologize, one of the biggest faces ever in the history of pro wrestling, one of the American Wolves pasty. His partner left wrestling to be a firefighter pasty. And he busted him in the goddamn face with a baseball bat. This is fucking legit. This is shoot. This is not a work. He busted Eddie Edwards' face with a fucking baseball bat. Damn near caved it in. 
You know what he said afterwards? Shit happens. He said, shit happens, but I'm going to sell t-shirts. <laughs> and true that. He's been working busy ever since. Some of the best-selling T-shirts is I Broke Eddie Edwards' Face. Um, uh, which, by the way, is an homage to the old I Broke Wahoo's Leg, which um, I want to say is Bob Orton. Bob Orton Jr.? I might be making that I mean, up. He was even an inspiration oh. for Nia Jax to say, hey. I'm going to break Becky Lynch's I face. I broke Becky Lynch's <laughs> face, right? <laughs> yeah. No, he, he smashes motherfucker with a baseball bat and then went through all of the podcasts, all of the interviews, everything, and just said, you know what? Shit happens. Fuck it. I'm glad it happened because I'm more over now than I was before. This motherfucker got a real-life beef going between him and Eddie Edwards because... Pacey, you and I, we're business partners, right? We disagree, right? What happens if I said, Pacey, I know you want best face to be Seth Rollins. I really think that it should be AJ Styles. And then I just swung a bat and busted you in your face. You probably wouldn't be happy. No, probably not. That is my moneymaker. Yeah. That's true. That's the shit we're working with here. I mean, this was legit. He legitimately just whapped this cocksucker in the face. God damn! God damn! Not only that, <laughs> but he went on to create this amazing character, and uh, this pushed OVE, which is Ohio versus everything, with Matt and Jake Christ, uh, really fucking just pushed them to the moon. And just made an amazing gimmick out of all of this. Uh, who, el- who else could there be? There wasn't a great heel in WWE. Um, there wasn't an overwhelming heel in I would have made a strong push for Daniel Bryan, but that did not happen till the bitter end of the year. And therefore, not enough time to qualify. Right. This time next year? Could very well be. Could be. Could be. And hopefully hopefully it gets to the point where I want to actually see and that I'll be able to input on that. But no, as of now, Sammy Callahan, the best, most hardworking heel you will ever find. Oh, and by the way, this motherfucker is working about five days a week and in at least two weeks concurrent if not more he was on three weekly shows at one time meaning that you could turn on the TV and see Sammy Callahan on Lucha Underground one day MLW Fusion one day Impact Wrestling the next day two weeks at least in a row there is no other wrestler on any of our lists, and as far as I know, working today, that that is a reality. That you would be able to see them on three different television shows in one week, let alone twice concurrent. That's impressive. Very much so. 
That's a working man's man. Now let's talk about a man who's not working anymore. And that is the worst male he, of 2018. He's, he's not much of a man, to be honest. No, but he is a certified G and a bona fide thug. And he is uh, the real one? Well, is that real what it one is? Promo- or Productions is his record label. He goes okay. by the name Enzo. N-Z-O. Enzo. He changed it. Because when he first put out a single, it was under yes, a real one. Yes, the very one. first. And then he decided that that wasn't good enough. So now it's Enzo yeah. because nobody knew what the fuck real one hey, good, was. Good for him finding a way to keep his name <laughs> even though WWE took it away from him. Yeah, nobody's figured that out before. <laughs> yes, Enzo everybody Amore. on Impact's roster. He, he's the reason Pac, Neville, walked away from WWE. Yeah, we're good yeah. reason. He is a horrible rapper. Granted, he does have a couple of yeah. decent songs, and I just shared one that's not half bad on our Facebook page off his new album. Yeah, but you know what? Your brother's sister's mother's lover's uncle has a not half bad I've rap got song. Good rap songs. You've got great rap songs, Pasty. <laughs> so uh, him him having a not bad rap song isn't saying much. Let's just put that out. I, I just want to put it out there that you're not patting him on right. the back. You're just giving him his yes. due. He has okay songs. Yes. Better than yes. Macho Man Randy Savage. Rest in peace. <sighs> Ra- Randy Poffo. Ah. But what makes him, I believe, what makes him the worst male of the year was when he showed up at, what the fuck pay-per-view was that? That was very recent. TLC? One I believe of them it was I TLC. Watch, but was super yeah, unprofessional. Buckwild in the audience, distracting fans from the show, making an ass out of himself to the point they kicked his ass out of the arena and banned him from all future WWE events. Not only that, he injured at least two fans that were sitting there that were just they were just there to enjoy themselves. And he injured him. Survivor Series, Pasty. Survivor Series. Injured two fans that were there to have a good time. And you're right, Pasty, as a performer, not even just as a pro wrestler, but you're you, Pacey, you're a rapper, yes. right? Let's say shit comes on hard times. Let's say maybe one time you got a little too messed up, made a scene at a uh, at a venue, and they kicked you out in the middle of your performance. It happens. I'm just being theoretical. It's never happened to you. I'm I've been kicked out for underage drinking. So... Let's say the next year you show up there and somebody else is on stage. Would you jump up in the middle of the audience and start spitting rhymes and trying to call attention to yourself? No, I had my time in the spotlight. You have yours. Go ahead. It's super disrespectful. It's horrible. It's It's getting fired from your fucking work and showing up two weeks later drunk making a scene. That's what it is. 
That's exactly what it was. Yes, Spacey. Fuck yeah, you nailed it. That's what it was. That's something everybody can understand. I tried to make it to something we can understand. Yeah, that's something everybody can understand. <coughs> and you and you look like the mm-hmm. asshole. You being Enzo Amore, not you being Pasty White or our listeners. Yeah, Enzo looks like the fucking asshole because he is the asshole. He is. He is. It was disgusting. It was fucking disgusting. You don't do shit like that. You don't take away from their matches. That's just bullshit. You know what? If you want to do something, go outside. Go out in their parking lot. Get a megaphone. Start rapping. Put out a show. Put out a free show. Get in the back of a fucking big rig flatbread flatbread. I love flatbread. <laughs> go to go to no, Subway. Get a flatbread <laughs> seafood uh, with, with gouda cheese. No. Go out there. Get a flatbed truck and you put out a concert with you rapping and you take people out of the building because they want to see you. That's something. That's something. And that's you proving yourself. You buying a ticket, I'm assuming he had to buy a ticket. So, A, he's paying them. There's no way he got there without buying a ticket. Somebody bought a ticket. And then just jumping up and taking away. And you know what? If you're going to do, again, if you're going to do that, take away from the main event. The people that it doesn't matter. Don't take away from the hardware. He was in a mid-card match. Take away from people that are struggling to get eyes on him in the first place. Fucking disgusting. I, yeah, that really just bothered me. I know I went on for a while, Pasty, and I'll <laughs> shut up, but it, it really... Hey, he's still in a better place really than James Ellsworth. Me. He may be the worst... But he's not the king of cringe, and he could have been, because he did some dumb shit on his own. We didn't even bring it up, though, because he's done some other dumb shit that's overshadowed it by now. I'm hoping for the best for Enzo in his future. I'm hoping his music goes as well for him as he hopes it does, and I'm hoping maybe we see him in the ring somewhere else down the line. Maybe they pair him back up with Big Cass, who can't wrestle on his own without having seizures. I, I hope the best for everybody and if something positive can come from this let's see it but we haven't yet right. which brings us to the worst female which wrestler. funny enough had a romantic angle with Enzo Amore on WWE TV oh snap you dead I did. the face breaker herself the botch machine Nia Jax. I mean, she's been terrible. From a crybaby baby face to being at the top of the world after breaking Becky Lynch's face to not yeah. following through with that. Which, by the way, it was, was a botch. botch. And then having several so other more there. horrible botches beyond that in recent times. Who the fuck just tried to do a Hurricane Rana on her and fucking failed and almost died? God damn it. 
I don't even know because I haven't seen anything. But let's let's just be honest. Even before this, she just hasn't. She's always been lower than her potential. She's we said it from the jump. They should have booked her as a monster like they were with Braun Strowman. Push her to the rafters. They should have. But they can't even fucking get Braun Strowman right. I'm pretty much over that too. Yeah, but they didn't do that with Nia, and I think Nia has shown that she can't follow through with being something other than the monster. I, they've given her the chance, and she can't. Now, I want to underline this. I honestly, honestly think Nia Jax is a person who could go down to NXT for even just one year and come back and be 10 times better. I think if you gave her a time to sit back, to learn, to absorb, and to take in everybody else's critiques, she could be so much better. But they have it. They put her in the limelight, they put her in the front row, and she fucks up time and again, and nobody just steps back and says, hey, let's just pull her back back she's not nope instead they send tyler breeze back to nxt yeah exactly who is who if you gave him a shot on the main roster he'd impress you would be amazing he could easily be ic champ or u.s champ easily yeah it's she's the worst female and not Part of it is her. I mean, uh, definitely. I'm saying 50% of it is her. But 50% of it is, would they just take some time to establish their women before they bring them up? They've proved they don't do this time and No, again. that's NXT. NXT, and if you're a woman some. in NXT, you win that championship, you're going to lose it within the next two months, and you're getting called up. Yeah, and then they just fuck you over. But there's so many people who have won it and have come up and deserve it better than Nia. And she just... She's not she's not a lost cause. I guess that's, that's what I want to point out. She's not a lost cause. In a year or two, she could be woman <laughs> of the year. I honestly believe that, Pasty. But this year... She fucked up so much, and they fucked up so much. She is definitely worst female of the yes, year. Yes, indeed. But hey, it's not all bad. Coming up next, we got the best faction. Oh, there's something that that the main roster could never fuck up, right? <laughs> Please stay at NXT. Please. Oh, I'm never leave. No, 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 leave. Go from NXT go, go to, to Yeah, go to AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. You and I, have, we have this. Oh, it's been so long that our brain waves are so uh, in, in tune with everything, Pacey. We think the truly. same shit. Of course, we're talking about the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, baby. Ooh. Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. And Roderick Strong. These four guys are all four just such amazing dominance. Oh Excellence. my gosh. Shock the system. 
shock the system. Uh, the the first WWE shirt that I bought in a long time. Actually, the last WWE shirt that I've bought is a Undisputed Era shirt. Now, it was before... Last year's Galactic Get Down. Well, it was before that, but it was before the uh, Roderick yep. Strong, so it doesn't have the S on it, so mine is without the S. But it shows how much I, I love all four of these guys. Uh, to be fair, before WWE and even to this day... Still not the hugest Roderick Strong fan. To he to me, he's the least in all of these guys. But you called it for so many months that he was gonna join them. And I was like, he's not <laughs> gonna join. I called it for so long them. that it was a joke. And I was right, and I was right, and I was right, and then I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, but you were right like 15 <laughs> times before I was right one time. So I mean at that point, it was just me being stubborn. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it turned into <laughs> like every week. He's going to join him this week. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. Chad Mack. I don't even think it counts at, at that point, to be yeah. honest. You guess but things. I, this, yes, you you guess the feel. same thing often enough. It's going to happen eventually. Exactly. Uh, but these guys have, they've just, they've done great. They've won titles. They've put on classic matches they put on classic war games they've they've just been amazing for the best talents in the business in or out of wwe there's not a lot of people you can say that about uh but right now definitely these these four guys for the best in the business in or out of wwe and uh i hate to say it because because i because i hate to I hate to put stock into something that doesn't exist, but God, if these four guys would go to AEW, that would be such, such a coup and such, uh, such amazing matches. I would love it. I hate to say that because I don't like to put stock in something that doesn't exist, and AEW doesn't hey, exist. There's nothing at this wrong point. with hopeful thinking. That's how I live my life. Exactly. You and I live very differently like that. But this is one point where I'll say hopeful thinking is that at least 50% of this group ends up in AEW. And I'm not going to say what 50%. Adam Cole, baby! Bye -bye. He's got it, right? He was a Bullet Club. <laughs> I think I think Bay Bay will end up there for and sure. And Fish and O'Reilly aren't going to stick around in WWE and, and have a career, a solid career. After he goes. There'll be 205 live champ tag team champs when they have that. By the way, I don't mind the look of the women's championship. No, I think belts. they're actually really cool looking. Better than the men's. They're better than the men's. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're better than the men's. <laughs> Give them that. Uh, let's keep on moving on because we're already at our two hour fucking limit we're just gonna finish this up and we'll leave the rest of the news for next week when we'll probably have a whole lot more time to talk i think for sure all right so we got best nxt takeover pasty yes and that goes to nxt war games 2 and this was a pretty hard call 
Last year, NXT this War Games, I think, got difficult. our best takeover of the year. That was to be expected. Walking into War Games 2, though, I was I was skeptical. I didn't think it was going to be as good as the first one. But it was. It was. Uh, it didn't. It didn't look on paper like it was going to be that great. To be honest, I think we were we were all kind of like, eh. and and War Games one set the bar so high. How do you how do you come up with that? You know, it only takes three matches. And let's exactly because let's be honest, the first two matches were pretty yeah. bad. We had Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono in a match that literally lasted pasty six seconds. That's not that's all the longer I ever want to see Cassius Ono in a ring anyway. I can't stand the man. And then we also seen a very disappointing Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane two out of three falls match for the NXT Women's Championship. That also wasn't a very long match either. No, it was 11 minutes, and those two could have easily went 20 minutes and had an amazing match. But it's War Games. That's they not did. the spotlight. But then we ended up with a surprisingly good, yet short, Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano. It did last eight over 18 minutes. So, I mean, it, it was a good-sized match. Um, it, it was one of those matches... Actually, maybe if it went any longer, it would have been worse. And if it went any short, it would have been worse. But <sighs> Black and Gargano, two top faces at the time. Well, Gargano was turning heel or already had turned heel. Uh, it was still, ish. yeah, still in that transition period. But God, what a match that was. The story they told, it was it was beautiful. And we watched it, and we were like, holy shit. You know, up until War Games, there's no way they're going to beat that. And then we had Champa versus Velveteen Dream for the NXT Championship. And for some reason, those two just had a classic. We don't know how that happened. It's the dream, man. It's the the dream. Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream sounds like on paper it should not work. It should not. But god damn, did it fit together like a 500-piece jigsaw. Velveteen Dream stood out more than he's ever stood out, and he's so good at doing that in the first place. It did kind of teeter along the Gargano-Champa matches a little much when by the end of the match they're ripping apart ringside and all kinds of crazy shit's going on. But that's what you come to expect from a Champa match. Right. And it was it was fucking, it was great. And at this point, I'm like, that there's is- no way. There's, this is it. This is the best match of the night. Hands down. And then we had War Games. Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong taking on Pete Dunne, Ricochet, War Raiders. They finally did one team versus one team. The year before, they did three versus three versus three. 
This year they did four versus four. It used to be six on six. But at least it was like one team versus yeah, one and team. And there was no downtime for anybody, that. really. It, there was always something amazing going on. And we had uh, big spears. We had top rope fucking planchas. We had... I can't remember all the huge fucking moves that we had. Um, I can't there remember was just, all the huge so much. moves. And not only was there huge team, moves, there was an enormous amount of weaponry in this match. Because it just oh, kept shit, getting tossed yeah. in. More and more stuff. More and more stuff. It was just wonderful. Great, fantastic time. Probably my favorite my favorite time of the year. This might rank right. higher to me than Evolution. But NXT was, TakeOver has their own category. It was super enjoyable. And, um, yeah, we, did, we didn't have to choose between the two of them, Pasty. Let's call our, let's consider right. ourselves lucky. Um, next up, we have Match of the Year. And this was Andrade Cien Almos versus Johnny Gargano. And this kicked the year off. This was one of the first things we seen in the beginning of 2018. Jaw-dropping match. Fast-paced, high action, high intensity. We knew then that that match was going to be where it is now as the match of the year. And it held up right? all year long. It was, uh, God, it was like, it was like watching Bob Ross paint. Can I say I that? I think that's, that's fair. Everything they did had a purpose. Every motion they put into effect moved the other person it was just it was fantastical and Andrade Cien almost injured himself in this match towards the end but I really don't think it affected it no. much because they really just put on a classic and this one again, uh, Andrade was the heel and Gargano was the face. They got really equal time. They got a lot of back and forth. These are two people who... <coughs> two people who just like to wrestle. Like, this was a, a wrestler's wrestling I cannot match. wait till Almas has a match of this caliber on the main roster. If it happens. I, yeah, I, I hope he does, and I fear he mm -hmm. doesn't. I guess is where I sit at that. I mean, he did just get the, uh, the notorious name choppy choppy. He's Andrade. That's it. No more Cien Almas. You gotta pay for this Cien Almas. 
Uh, basically, we, we created a new category this year because there was a breakout star of the year, and we felt that that person needed recognition but didn't quite fit in any other category. And that person is Velveteen Dream. He's Dream. a fucking enigma. Just never expected him to put on matches as good as he does. Never expected his character work to be as good as it is. From the call me up Vince pants to the Hulk Hogan attire to right? the Hollywood Hulk Hogan attire to just every time we see this man in the ring, he gets better. He knows what being a sports entertainer is. This motherfucker doesn't want to be a wrestler. No. He didn't sit there and watch Dean Malenko fucking matches. He didn't watch fucking uh, uh, Kijimoto matches. This motherfucker wants to be a sports entertainer. And I love that because I love sports entertainers. I love wrestlers too. Don't get me wrong. I just fucking argued with Pacey White about how Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the best wrestlers ever, and he thinks he's I horrible. think he's good in the ring, but so, he doesn't look like he's at home. His brain is somewhere oh, else. So, uh, thank you. He's not... Zack Sabre Jr. is not no. Velveteen Dream. But I love He's Velveteen exactly Dream the opposite also. of Velveteen Dream. <laughs> he is, but I love Velveteen yes, Dream. I want more of him. He knows what the fuck it he is. He's one of the few on NXT that I'm not terrified for if and when he gets called up. Granted, he could get called up and I could be proven wrong and it just be that easy. But right. I think when Vince actually sees this man for what he's worth, I think we've got the newest top dog. I hope so. Or at least maybe one of the best intercontinental champions in history. Yes. And I'd be okay with that. Because let's face it, the IC title picture, that's where you want to be now anyway. Oh, and man. from the breakout star of the year... To the botch of the year. We're coming in on a slippy slotty, wild ratty, Titus World Slide from the greatest Royal Rumble and possibly one of the greatest botch spots. This is going to be in every fucking highlight. A, for every Royal Rumble and B, for every like um, fun or goofy or botch or anything WWE does uh, ridiculously when WWE created a fake botch mania which by the way is meh have you watched yeah, the botch club with the good brothers yeah it's meh I mean it's it's entertaining it's, I've, I've seen them all <laughs> I've seen them on, all on Botchamania with funnier yeah. shit, so it's like, um, whatever. But, yeah, they, they should have saved that one for their Botch Club to be, like, season two uh, premiere or season two finale, and they've already put right. it on there. So you know it's you know it's good when when everybody's already fucking put it out there. We, we did it ad nausea. 
That was a good time. Not for Titus. Uh, that's the most he's ever been talked about. That, <laughs> that is true. What do you think about that uh, uh, botch club? It was it was pretty okay. I I liked was, I liked. <laughs> <laughs> that's no. Just you can end it right there. That was perfect. <laughs> it was pretty okay. I agree with you. It was. Have pretty you guys okay. seen Hornswoggle? <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't even enjoyable. <coughs> but if I had nothing to do for twenty minutes, I could turn it on and it would be in the background. You know, I just hope <laughs> they keep up with the shitty. show. Uh, I think it could be a good alternative to the I Edge and Christian show, don't. and I'm thoroughly enjoying season two of that. So, if you already have Botchamania, what more are you going to yeah, get I mean, out of this? They don't have any more rights to anything. And, and they're not going to put the stuff that makes them look bad on there? Uh, well, Carl Anderson was just on Not Sam Wrestling Podcast, and he said that they've got quite a few other botches, a little bit more typical stuff, but... Yeah, but botches are botches, but things that make them look bad, like, they're not going to have Sin Cara jumping off a trampoline and showing <laughs> it. You know what I mean? They like, will probably spotlight the good lucha things angle though uh probably <laughs> but that's something again we've yeah. all seen ad yeah. nausea like that isn't you don't have to watch botch mania to see no, that but still good good on wwe to, to corner that market they they haven't had that market yet and to utilize that go for it good for them that's what i gotta say about it it wasn't great it wasn't I guess to me, if you're going to corner that market, you either have to go all in or you don't. And they're well, the not good brothers to. will go they're all gonna in eventually. They're going to have a lot of ECW. They're going to have a lot of ECW. They're going to have a lot of WCW. And they're. That's it. I mean, the good brothers have nothing to, to do. They're just the host. They have nothing to do with who picks what's going to be on there. It's. It's going to last one season. And it's... If it's even that, yeah. it's still just the one episode. That's all they've got. They haven't cleared it for more stuff I yet. Guess. There's hopes. It, it shows it shows how it shows how they're it shows how petty they are. Like just let fucking Botchmania have the botches. You don't own botches. And you won't even show your own botches. You won't admit to the shit you fuck up on. You know what you yeah. mean? It's 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 just so stupid. Well, I'm sure Titus needed a I drink them, after I his slide, though. I want them to show a fucking 15-minute clip of the XFW. <laughs> that got silence. I think you meant XFL. <laughs> you know what? I, you said XFW. Yeah, both. Both. Put them both <laughs> on there. The XFW isn't really good, but yeah, the XFL. It's like, yeah, fucking put <clears throat> put fifteen minutes of the XFL and show 
Put the uh, WBF, the World Bodybuilding Federation, there on there. Put that on there. Put Doink the Clown on there. Put, like, it's, it's like they're not going to do it. They just, they can't admit that they have bad shit and that they fuck up. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's petty when there's already somebody that owns the market. But Titus will yes, indeed. <laughs> now we're coming into the grand finale, folks, and what better way to lead off them with a strong tequila shot? Big tequila shot. This is worming all. That's amazing. the most impactful moment in wrestling of the year 2018, and that goes to Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, for all. In everybody involved in All In, All In was the biggest event in pro wrestling this year, and that was only heightened by the quote unquote rally or press conference that happened just uh, just about a week ago. Yep, this is what set everything in motion for that. This was right about the time they met Tony Khan. Tony Khan! I really hope going forward, uh, this, this is all in related, with the, the All Elite Wrestling, which is the promotion that has come from this and everybody's heard of, so this isn't a spoiler or nothing. I really hope if they're going to do the evil authority figure, which everybody does, I want him to be like Shao Kahn. Because <laughs> there's literally one letter right. difference. It's Shad Khan, S-H-A-D-K-H-A-N, Shao Kahn, S-H-A-O-K-H-A-N. Get Shao Kahn out there and... <laughs> Get Nether Realm Studios in this shit. Get a big crossover. Fuck, you could bring Glacier back John! and Mortis. <laughs> right? <laughs> it would be great. No, all all in was it was um, huge for independent wrestling as a whole. The best, the, the best word I can think of, Pacey, is super ten fabulous. I like that. It was super 10 fabulous. Now, a lot of these, there's really not much we have to say. We've been talking about All In. We've been talking about All Elite. So let's just leave it at that. Keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. I, I do just want to say, the whole thing started from them reading a tweet where Dave Meltzer said that Ring of Honor could not fill a 10,000 seat arena and Cody and the Bucks were like fucking we alone could fill a 10 seat arena 10 seat arena I hope arena. we could fill a 10 seat arena yeah 10,000 seat arena <laughs> we'll be lucky if we fill a 10 seat <laughs> arena pasty come on you know better than that and uh, and they did it. 
and they had they had everybody from the Bucks to Ray Phoenix and Penta El Cerro Miedo, Kazuchiko Okada, Marty Skrull, Tessa Blanchard, Cody Rhodes, Ray Mysterio, the Briscoe Brothers, SoCal Uncensored, Matt Cross, MJF. It was, it was fucking everything. Like, they demolished what we thought Nobody thought that could happen. Not just Dave Meltzer. None of us thought and that could happen. And it sold out in 36 so, minutes. Yes. Less than an hour, folks. Less than an hour that shit sold out. That's better than WWE's doing now, yeah. basically. All right, Pacey, but who is the best male wrestler of well, the year? if you've been paying attention to this episode, I think it's fairly easy to determine because it's a name that keeps coming up and coming up and coming up. And, of course, I'm talking about Pentagon Jr. Cerro Pentagon El Cerro Miero. It's got to be. He's everywhere, doing everything, one of the hottest free agents in the world, and I'm hoping he finds his home with All Elite Wrestling. Could be a huge get for them. He's on He's on All In. He's in Lucha Underground. MLW. Impact Wrestling. MLW. He'll make appearances anywhere you can find not only that, he puts on the match of the fucking night. He'll snap your fucking arm. He's one of the best ring yes. technicians. He's one of the best storytellers in the ring. And I'm going to say exactly what I said earlier. For somebody who wears a mask and face paint, he he can portray so much through just his facials. It's insane. He gets male wrestler of the year easily. Hands down, and it is well deserved. Of course. What about female wrestlers? We couldn't have a best male without a best female. And the best female is also the man. Becky the man. Lynch. Pentagon Jr.? Oh, Becky Lynch. <laughs> No woman personified uh, woman empowerment more than Becky Lynch, right? Truly. Rough shot, smack-talking attitude. She'll talk shit to anybody and make you look like a bitch. She is the queen of social media. She is the most entertaining woman in sports entertainment today. And the sky is the fucking limit. I cannot see, wait to see what they do with her for WrestleMania. It is it is great to see how many men are pissed at her for calling herself the it man. Is. That just tickles me. Just fucking tickles me. Like, oh shit. I thought it was great when she started calling herself the man. And then I was like, people are offended yeah. by this. Wait, what? You can't... 
You can't be a man and be offended by what a woman does. Unless she punches your balls. <laughs> then you can. But, I mean, like, there's very few things that a woman can do that you, especially as, like, a white male, can be offended by. And she is the man. Why not? Why not? Indeed, she definitely deserves her place where she's at right she, now. And why? You know what? Because she you know what brought I think herself of? there. That's not WWE's doing. This is her doing. No, but you know how I when I watch her, what I feel that she carries herself as is a very James Bondish, a uh, swing. Yeah. Like she, she carries herself in this James Bondish way as yep. the man. Even though she got her face broken uh, by Nia Jax, she Flair. still walked out of that arena on top of the fucking world. She Hell owned yeah. that. She didn't let that and that's slow what it's her down. About. It's about seizing that moment, taking it, and running with it as far and as fast as you can. She should be an inspiration yep. to everybody, man or woman, in the WWE locker room inspiration to me next up we have the coveted pasty beef sticks lifetime achievement award and this is something that we just we don't just give out willy nilly I ain't gonna lie some of these awards we just thought of at the spur of the fucking moment we're like oh, this person fits it <laughs> throw him in there no this is a person that we think of and we sit on for a long time. And this isn't just somebody that we just like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. it's him, go. No. We put a lot of thought, a lot of time, and we put a lot of, we invest ourselves into this person. We have never had the Lifetime Achievement Award go to somebody we didn't invest ourselves into personally. Last year... Last year, nobody even made the cut. Nobody made the cut. But this year, I mean, it's pretty fucking obvious. There's one man out there who... He does so much. Whether it's wrestling for WWE. Telling Vince, wrestling. hey, I'm going to New Japan. New Japan. Uh, rocking around the world with his band Fozzie. Fozzie. Hosting the rock and raging wrestler wrestle fuss as, at sea. Rock and rager. The Talk is Jericho podcast. And the newest sign E to all elite wrestling. Chris motherfucking Jericho the goat he's done so much in his illustrious career from ECW to WCW to one of the longest term performing wrestlers for WWE and now helping to pave the way for the future of professional wrestling. This man deserves it. all of this and then some. 
I can't stress it enough. I've been thinking about this probably more than I've been thinking about anything when it comes to wrestling since our hiatus is that Chris Jericho deserves all the recognition in the world. He is a busy man and I hope he never slows down. Chris Jericho is a unique individual, pasty. Um, I don't know any other WWE wrestler who I could see do weird-ass fucking shit with his hair, rock scarves, go to New Japan and start wearing fucking juggalo-ass face paint, and still get the support. So he started in the the heart dungeon, but but let's let's be clear on this. Chris Jericho didn't start under Stu Hart. He trained under uh, what was called the the Hart Brothers. Uh, he hooked up with Lance Storm there. He moved on to FMA, and uh, Pacey, do, do you know what FMA is Fuck famous for? that but that was where uh, that was where Mick Foley kind of got his fame in the king of the death matches frontier martial arts wrestling and uh, Mick Foley got his his fame in there winning the king of the death match tournament which he got into the finals against uh, Terry Funk Jericho didn't do that kind of stuff but him and Lance Storm got into uh, FMA, which was where they started the Thrill Seekers, which they moved to ECW. In ECW, they put on just such amazing matches, especially against the Eliminators. And um, they moved on, he moved on to WCW. He started in WCW. I think most people remember him for his Ralphus stick, which came much later in his term in WCW. And uh, Ralphus got so over that, in fact, the rumor is that both uh, Jericho and Bischoff have confirmed this, so I don't even know that it's a rumor that <coughs> Ralphus said that he wanted his own contract and wanted WCW to pay for his travel. Um, he was just a truck driver. Didn't happen. Anyways, moved on to WWE with the whole Y2J thing, which um, younger kids listening to this have no idea what Y2K is. Older re- older listeners know what Y2K is. I'm not going to explain it. You just need to look it up, I guess. Chris Jericho is the alleged first undisputed WWF champion, although not actually, but he beat both Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock on the same night to claim the undisputed WWF championship. That was after WWE had bought WCW. After that time, he continued to wrestle in WWF and make a name for himself until the time that he actually left and went 
cool New Japan Pro Wrestling where he wrestled with uh, Naito. He made one of the biggest, actually the biggest um, purse, if you will, for a Wrestle Kingdom event. Brought in the most money ever, him versus Naito. And uh, then he just took off and did his own thing. Traveled with Fozzie, started his rock and wrestling Rager Cruise of Jericho. And from there, decided he was going, uh, allegedly, if you listen to Chris Jericho, he's actually <laughs> one of the components that created this all elite wrestling program. He's not one of the vice presidents. He's not actually involved in it in any significant way. But allegedly, if you believe what he says, he's the one that kind of got the talks going between uh, Tony Sean, Sean. Tony Khan. Sorry, Tony <laughs> Khan. Tony Khan, thank you. And uh, Cody Rhodes and the Bucks. Allegedly. You know what? If if nothing of what we said about all of the wrestling is true, he still deserves this honor 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if what we said about him helping create all elite wrestling is true he deserves this one million percent because he could have helped create the brand new league that's going to become the number two in pro wrestling it's huge he's a fucking icon a great man for wrestling and sports entertainment and I can't think of anybody more deserving of the Beef Sticks Lifetime Achievement Award than the man, Chris Jericho. But wait, we're not done yet. Hell no, we're not done yet. What award ceremony would be complete without the pandering? We have the Connor Crusher Award being granted to the one and only Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns gets the Connor Crusher Award. This is pretty terrible and tasteless of us, but Roman Reigns didn't win any accolades in the list, so we had to give him something. So here's the Cancer Kid Award. Roman Reigns. I mean, I guess, honestly, there's not a lot of pro wrestlers that we know are battling <laughs> cancer daily, so it's a big it deal. Had he to save the best it. for the last. Um, In all seriousness, though, we do hope him uh, a very strong and speedy recovery. Can't wait for him to come back to WWE and kind of straighten some things out. No, I, I definitely, 
I want the best for Roman Reigns as a human being. Not my favorite pro wrestler, but that that doesn't change how I feel about him as a human being. And I want him to completely demolish this cancer. I want him to overcome the cancer, become a better person. And you know what? If him overcoming cancer means him becoming champion again, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take we that were totally 100%. fine with him being champion Brock, in the go first to, place when he beat Brock. For sure. For and now sure without him, we're. we're just stuck with Brock again. <clears throat> so, definitely. He gets the Connor Crusher Award just because um, somebody's <laughs> got to get it. And, and he deserves it. He deserves it. I'm, I'm not saying that having cancer... You've earned anything. I'm saying that Reigns earned something before he got cancer. And the Connor Crusher Award is such a bullshit award in WWE's terms that it ought to go to somebody who deserves it. Agreed. Yeah. So that is... That is our fifth annual Beefy Awards yes, right there. Welcome to season two of Beef Sticks Podcast. We're going to be back next week with our Royal Rumble predictions and so much news, you won't know what to do with it. We got a lot to catch up on after our, our yes, hiatus. We God, go figure. We decide to take a break and everything happens at once. God damn it. Who would have thought that? All right. With that being said, I am Fat Mac, and I am glad to be with you in 2019. my name is the pretty portly pasty white. We'll catch you around the bend. Thanks for tuning in. We'll beef you next week. Skadoosh. You got it?